Today on CityCast Chicago. In 1988, December 1st was designated World AIDS Day. It's meant to raise awareness of the disease and commemorate lives lost. Illinois is one of 38 states that now require HIV education in schools. But what do young people actually know about the disease, and what do they still need to learn? It's Wednesday, December 1st. I'm Carrie Shepard, and this is CityCast Chicago. Dr. Catherine McCapagal is a clinical psychologist and professor at Northwestern University. Her work focuses on HIV prevention and adolescent sexual health. What are the requirements in Illinois for teaching sex education? Uh, Governor Pritzker recently signed a bill into law calling um, um, called the Keeping Youth Safe and Healthy Act, which requires comprehensive health um, and sexual health education for all um, public school students. And that includes education that's inclusive of LGBT folks, folks with disabilities, teens who are pregnant or parenting, that sort of thing. Illinois mandates HIV education. Um, it mandates that it is uh, medically accurate and age-appropriate, but parents are allowed to opt out of it. When we talk about age-appropriate education about AIDS and HIV, what does that mean? How do they determine that? You know, from a public health perspective and a medical perspective, you know, there is a way to be age appropriate about health education and sexual health education at every age. And I think that's that's where things get a little sticky. Going back to your earlier point, although at a state level it's required and although there's this great new bill that was just passed, you know, the actual day-to-day implementation of it depends on the school climate, the administrator's comfort with these things, the individual teacher's comfort with these topics. Kids and teens learn about sex and bodies and relationships and things, not just through school, but through the media, through the internet. Um, the advice that I give to folks who are parenting is that it's important to start as early as you can, um, you know, and it's important to use uh, you know, to be open and honest and kind of approach conversations about, you know, conversations with your kids in a very non-judgmental way. When I was a kid and teen in the early 90s, AIDS and HIV education and awareness felt like it was really fear-based and was sort of presented as sex means disease means, well, death. Today, there's a good chance you know someone with HIV. People with HIV can look just as healthy as anyone else. You can't tell if someone is infected with the virus just by looking at them. In fact, the person you're with right now might have HIV. Talk to your partner about HIV. Do teens still learn about HIV through this, this fear lens? The teenagers in the studies that I've run and that I've talked to, you know, many of them are still worried about getting HIV. And, and a lot of them, you know, they, they know about HIV and STIs and, and education does a decent job of making people aware of them, but does not do a good job of uh, making kids and teens aware of how to prevent them, um, you know, how to have healthy relationships, how to talk to your partners um, about 
testing and condom use and things like that. On the one hand, you know, our culture is very um, is very sexualized in some ways and sexualizes teens and like the media sexualizes teens. Um, but on the other hand, there's also this kind of fear. And, and I think that part of that is related to the fact that, that parents and teens just don't know enough about prevention and what it really means to say um, live with an STI or live with HIV mm. and mm. Uh, and that sort of thing. When you do those studies and you talk to teens and parents, what are some of the common, most common misconceptions that they adolescents have about AIDS and HIV? I mean, there's certainly some teens who don't don't think it's an issue. I think, you know, so the work that I do is primarily focused on LGBT adolescents. So I think that that LGBT teens and gay and bisexual and queer boys in particular are very aware of HIV. But I think, um, you know, I've definitely talked to some teens who don't realize it's a big deal because it doesn't necessarily affect their community. They know it's a thing. They know they kind of feel like it's a historical thing that used to affect people or, you know, might still affect some people now, but, um, you know, they live long and healthy lives if they're on medication and all of that stuff. It's not as concerning, I guess, as as it was when, you know, when I was growing up and like there were all these after school specials about HIV and like this kind of fear mongering around it. In your research, you, you, you know, you research LGBTQ youth, right, and adolescents and HIV prevention. I mean, what are the connections you and other researchers are making between sex education in school, for example, and rates of, of transmission of HIV and, and STIs? School-based sex education is generally insufficient for LGBT adolescents. There are some, there are some schools who, you know, are making their curricula LGBT inclusive. Um, for example, Chicago Public Schools has an LGBT inclusive curriculum, um, but again, you know, it's it's it might be a couple hours, or it might be, you know, a very um, a very small amount of time that the teachers actually devote to it. Uh, there was this great paper that came out recently, I think actually this month, in Journal of Adolescent Health that looked at sex ed trends in like the last 25 years or so. One of the points they made was that although the proportion of teens who identify as LGBTQ has increased in that in that time period, um, the information that people are getting about sex and sex education remains very... Um, focused on heterosexual folks, you know, in terms of HIV and STIs, that's where you see the highest rate. You like this is the population yeah. that, that has the highest yeah. rates of um, um, HIV and STIs is specifically gay and bisexual teen boys um, and transgender girls, and sex ed is just not meeting their needs in particular. So, who or what is meeting their needs in that education? In that, like you're saying the group that's most affected by the transmission of HIV and STIs, then who does that fall on, I guess, to fill those gaps? Well, you know, it falls on everyone, really. It's, I think this is what my, um, my colleagues and I call this, this hot potato issue. Nobody wants to touch teen sexual health, especially Why? LGBT Why? teen sexual health. Parents had terrible sex education themselves. Um, you know, it's sometimes or many times an awkward thing to talk about. Unfortunately, although pediatricians should be talking to teens about, you know, sex and um, HIV and STIs, you know, the research suggests that that that's not 
a universal thing that they do. So parents, schools, the media, pediatricians, everybody is responsible for it. But I, I don't know that any one entity is doing it right. One thing I often think about with how young people, adolescents understand HIV and AIDS is they have grown up seeing these commercials about medications for HIV um, that weren't around when we were learning about this and when we were learning sex education, medications like PrEP. A step up, PrEP up. Step up. Prep up to help keep you free from the risk of HIV. From the makers of Truvada, a new prep option, Descovi for Prep, a once daily prescription medicine that helps lower the chances of getting HIV through sex. It's not for everyone. Descovi for Prep is part of your most recent research looks into what young people do and don't understand about that drug. Tell me more about that. Well, PrEP um, or pre-exposure prophylaxis was FDA approved in 2012 for adults and in 2018 for adolescents weighing, I think, at least 77 pounds. And um, it's it's kind of a set of medications that was actually used or has is used to treat HIV or treat people living with HIV, um, but was also found to you know be preventive. Um, when taken daily. So I've I've done some national studies with national samples of teens and local studies with teens um, on on their awareness of PrEP. And, you know, it sort of varies. Like, I don't know, in my studies, about half the teens knew about PrEP, like half to 75%, but it just sort of depends on who you're talking to. Those who know about it might know that it's a pill to prevent HIV or a set of medications to prevent HIV, but they don't know how to get it. They don't know who to talk to about it and that sort of thing. And that is what is really, I mean, the awareness is one thing, but how to get access to it is is another. Things they wanted to know were these very basic questions like, how effective is it? Can I get it without my parents knowing? How much does it cost? What clinics can I get it at? What clinics can I get it at that would see teens and treat me mm. like, you know, treat me yeah. with respect? Uh, That's um, a big one. Yeah, yeah. really Treat basic. Me with respect. Yeah, really yeah. basic things. But it is available to teens in Chicago. Yes, it is. Yeah, Howard Brown Health Center, Lurie Children's Hospital um, has an adolescent medicine clinic um, where I know that providers prescribe prep to teens. Dr. Catherine McCapigal, thank you so much uh, for joining me on CityCast Chicago and helping explain youth adolescent sexual health and you know, on this World AIDS Day and reminding us it's something we need to be thinking about all the time. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. A little bit of news before I let you go. Important reminder. The winter overnight parking ban begins tonight and is in effect through next April. Check the signs And in my experience, if you even have to wonder, am I allowed to park here? Don't park there. And remind others as well. The Chicago Sun-Times reports that at least 18 people at Jesse Brown VA Hospital have COVID-19 after a staffer came to work ill. At least one has died, according to the story. And of course, some good news to get you through. The Art Institute is free tomorrow and Friday. I recommend you go see the Barbara Kruger exhibit. I've seen it a couple times, and it's awesome. Okay, that's it for us today. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Bye! Okay, some news! 
Oh, my. 